everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm producer Ash, and this is true. I'm joined tonight by a super special guest, Deanna Chapman, also not James McMillan. Still not James. Yay. You might know Deanna from the delightful Stephen King-based podcast, Chat Cemetery. How did we get her? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You're too kind. Too kind. (laughs) But also, if you like Stephen King, you should definitely check out Chat Cemetery. There's so many episodes. Because, you know, he's a prolific man, and so you're a prolific podcaster. I'm caught up, too. So it's like everything is there, except for Children of the Corn 4 through 800. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped at three. I had my limits. You know know what? (laughs) Calling it. Pulling the plug. (laughs) There's literally like 11 of them. It's insane. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, you know what? He's a man of many words. That's an episode you should do. Yeah. Children of the Corn movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Challenge accepted. I could do that. I'll have to come back. Yes. Or you can come to me. Yes. We'll have to make a road trip. <laughs> well, today, well, you might hear some crows in the background. <laughs> But that was, uh, we paid a lot for those special effects, so we're going to leave them in. Yes. Today we're going to be talking about a woman, a very special woman, named Mary Toft. Mary Toft was an English woman from Surrey who, in 1726, was the subject of the hottest of goss when she fooled the medical community into believing that she had given birth to rabbits. I don't know what I was expecting when I came here, but none of this has been it. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Mary Toft, a married 20-something-year-old with three children already, once again fell pregnant in 1726. Despite her delicate condition, she had to continue her exhausting job working in the fields. She had some pretty brutal complications early on in her pregnancy, so by early August, she had squooshed out several chunks of mystery flesh, one, quote, as big as my arm. Squooshed is the medical terminology. Good. Got it. So Toft carried on, though, even though she was squooshing out mystery flesh. uh, She carried on and finally went into labor on September 27th. Mary's mother-in-law, Ann Toft, who was a midwife... Uh, assisted the birth of what appeared to be several animal parts. Anne Toft was amazed by what she'd seen, then sent the flesh off to be examined by the big guns. John Howard, an esteemed Guildford-based man-midwife, sorry, man-midwife, with 30 years of experience. Good career. (laughs) Man-midwifery. 30 years of man-midwifery. Going strong. Initially, Howard dismissed the notion that Toft had given birth to animal parts as utter poppycock. Those were my words. That was not his words. (laughs) I just imagine that's probably what he said. It's utter poppycock. By the next day, despite his reservations, he went to go see her. Anne showed him more pieces of the mystery chunks. But upon examining Mary, he found nothing out of the ordinary. Shortly thereafter, Mary went into labor again apparently giving birth to several more animal parts. So Howard returned to continue his investigations. According to an account from the time, over the next few days, he delivered, quote, three legs of a cat of a tabby color. (laughs) See, you thought you were getting away from cats, but you aren't. You're never getting away. (laughs) 
Three legs of a cat of a tabby color, and one leg of a rabbit. The guts were as a cat's, and in them were three pieces of a backbone of an eel. The cat's feet supposedly were formed in her imagination from a cat she was fond of that slept in the bed that night. I don't know what She's to do with speechless. any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I made her speechless. Yeah, um, I, here's my question. Three pieces of the backbone of an eel. How do you determine that? Yeah. So the cat ate an eel and then was delivered by Mary? I don't know. Do cats eat eel? I mean, I bet that if an eel got in here, Uno would probably eat it. Could an eel get in here? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the land. <laughs> Maybe in Surrey. I don't know. You know. But wouldn't you know it, over the next few days, Mary fell ill once again and delivered more rabbit parts. She just keeps squishing them out. The story started getting big, making its way to the court of King George I. One member of the court, Henry Devenant, needed to see for himself just what the fuck was happening. <laughs> he examined the samples that the man midwife, Howard, had collected and returned to London, a believer. Howard then had Mary brought to Guildford, where he offered to deliver rabbits in the presence of anyone who doubted her story. Howard's letter is documented in a pamphlet entitled, A Short Narrative of an Extraordinary Delivery of Rabbits. I'm going to attempt to read this, but it is written in Old English. Oh, good. My favorite. <laughs> this is going to be great. Sir... Since I wrote to you, I have taken or delivered the poor woman of three more rabbits, all three half-grown, one of them a dun rabbit, the last leapt 23 hours in the uterus before it died. And that's died was a D-Y apostrophe D. As soon as the 11th rabbit was taken away, up leapt the 12th rabbit, which is now leaping. Not only are they being delivered, they are bouncing around the goddamn house. Is what I'm taking that to mean. If you have any curious person that is pleased to come post, may see another leap in her uterus, and shall take it from her as if he pleases, which will be a great satisfaction to the curious. If she had been with child, she has but ten days more to go, so I do not know how many rabbits may be behind. I have brought the woman of Guildford for better convenience. I am, sir, your humble servant, John Howard." So, I mean, I'm not great at reading that kind of stuff, but there's 12 rabbits jumping and leaping out of her uterus, and she's due in 10 days. So if you want to see a, lab a rabbit jump out of her, come check it out now. That's how I'm reading that. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> King George I was fascinated by the case. By the middle of November, the British royal family were so interested in the story that they sent Nathaniel Saint-André, a prominent surgeon, to Switzerland's royal household, and Samuel Molyneux, sec secretary to the Prince of Wales, to investigate. And what they found did not disappoint. Within hours of their arrival, Mary delivered a rabbit's torso. Saint-André examined the rabbit with top-notch medical diagnostics. Here's what he did to examine the rabbit check if it had breathed air he placed a piece of its lung in water to see if it would float which it did wouldn't you believe it amazing chunks of flesh floated Good. therefore it's a rabbit yeah saint andre then performed a similarly modern medical exam on mary and somehow concluded that the rabbits must have been bred in her fallopian tubes why not can't explain it <laughs> that's how that works right yeah must be 
Not too long after, Mary delivered the torso of another rabbit, some rabbit skin, followed by, a few minutes later, a rabbit's head, which they also examined. Both men inspected the egested pieces of flesh, noting that some resembled the body parts of a cat. Again. <laughs> Here's the thing. Cats and rabbits have similar looking body parts. How are yes. they determining what's a rabbit and what's a cat? I have no idea, but I have so many questions because why is it just coming out in pieces? I know. And I mean, that note that he wrote said something about them leaping around the room. And it's like, these are chunks. These are like limbs. Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of a baby coming out in pieces? <laughs> no. Oh, it's so gruesome. Okay. <laughs> the king being thoroughly fascinated sent Surgeon Sirius Sirius and that has to be pronounced Sirius C Y R I A C U S Sirius <laughs> Surgeon Sirius Ailers to Guildford Ailers arrived shortly after and found Mary showing no signs of pregnancy he may have already suspected it was a hoax and noted that Mary seemed to squeeze her legs together like she was trying to keep something from dropping down. He thought Howard was acting wiggity too. Convinced it was a hoax, he lied, telling them he believed their story and he must return to London immediately with some of the specimens of the rabbits. Upon closer examination, he found evidence that whatever it was had been cut with a knife and noted bits of straw and grain within them. Ehlers' suspicions began to worry both Howard and St. Andre. He's on to us. <laughs> the king ordered St. Andre to bring Mary to London to be examined by Richard Manningham, a well-known obstetrician. He examined Mary and found the right side of her abdomen slightly enlarged. Manningham then delivered what he thought was a hog's bladder, especially because it smelled like pee. <laughs> Although St. Andre and Howard disagreed, they're like, no, that's not a hog's bladder. That's just some more rabbit stuff. Honestly, I thought this was going to go in the direction of, like, she was just cutting up pieces of animals <laughs> and putting them in herself and making them come out later. Just you wait. <laughs> just no. you wait. She's so smart. Uh, so... Under St. Andre's strict control, Mary was studied by a number of eminent physicians and surgeons coming one after another to take a look at her, including John Mowbray, who had proposed – here's what he proposed about women. I just – I don't understand how people could be this crazy. He proposed that women could give birth to a creature that he named a suitorkin. He was a proponent of mater uh, maternal impression, a widely held belief that conception and pregnancy could be influenced by what the mother dreamt or saw, and warned that pregnant women who were overly familiar with household pets could cause their children to resemble those pets. Makes sense, obviously. Start thinking about it, and your cat just... Your cat... <laughs> <laughs> your kid starts growing a tail. <laughs> So, another expert, James Douglas, one of the country's most respected anatomists and a well-known man midwife, another man midwife, he smelled a rat. But despite his skepticism, he went to go see her. 
Manningham had warned Douglas about the suspected hog's bladder that he found. And after Douglas examined Mary, he had enough, and he refused to engage with St. Andre further on the matter. Under constant supervision, Mary would go into labor several more times, but nothing came out those times. The hoax came to an end less than a week later. A local baron had begun an investigation of his own and discovered that for the past month, Mary's husband, Joshua, had been buying a whole bunch of young rabbits. Then it was discovered that an official had been bribed into smuggling rabbits into Mary's room while she was under strict supervision. Good. Starting to make sense. They all denied the claims and said that she only needed the rabbits for food purposes. (laughs) Just, you know, raw rabbits. Nothing bad could have come of that. Nope. Uh, Manningham threatened, okay, he's like, okay, so, you know, calling her bluff. So your stomach is inflamed. You still got a bunch of rabbits in there. I'm going to perform this really painful operation to see what's left in that uterus. And that did it. On the 7th of December, she finally confessed. Want to know what really happened? (laughs) Was I close? Yes. (laughs) How close? Very close. (laughs) Shockingly close. (laughs) So, following Mary's actual human, real miscarriage that she had had earlier in that summer, while her cervix was still soft and wide, an accomplice had inserted the claws and body of a cat and the head of a rabbit into her womb. I don't know how she didn't die of sepsis. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they sanitized it all first and then put it in. (laughs) They just drip it and lie. (laughs) Like, there it is. So for the later, quote, deliveries, animal parts had simply been inserted into her vagina. They couldn't get it that far up, you know? The cervix is closed. They've missed their opportunity to put it all the way up. The timing of Mary's confession was pretty unfortunate for Mr. St. Andre. Just a few days before, he'd published a 40-page pamphlet entitled A Short Narrative of an Extraordinary Delivery of Rabbits, on which he had staked his entire reputation. Mm-hmm. On January 7, 1727, John Howard and Mary Toft appeared in court, where Howard was fined the equivalent of about $150,000 in today's money. He returned to Surrey and continued his practice, and he died in 1755. Crowds reportedly mobbed the place where Mary was being held for months, hoping to catch a glimpse of the now infamous Mary Toft, mother to (laughs) birther to rabbits. She was ultimately released from custody on April 8th because... As it turns out, they couldn't really figure out what she had done that was illegal, so they had to let her go. The Toft family made no money off of the hoax, and Mary returned to Surrey. In February of the following year, she gave birth to another actual human daughter, Elizabeth. And uh, not a ton is known about Mary's later years, although she did briefly return to the public scene in 1740 when she was imprisoned for receiving stolen goods. She died in 19, or nope, not 19. She died in 1763 with her obituary running in London newspapers alongside that of the aristocrats. Amazing. Yeah. This <laughs> and was disgusting. Wild. It was a wild ride. <laughs> it was a ride. <laughs> My sources are the Glasgow um, Special Collections Library and Wikipedia. Good, good. Good, good. Um, I don't know what to take away from that story. <laughs> don't put animals in places they don't belong. You know what? I'm going to concur with that. I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to concur with that. 
Do not insert animals into people, please. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think that's probably all I can handle from that story. Same. I hope you all enjoyed. We'll see you next week. Thank you for having me. Thanks. <laughs>